Dino from Fear Factory. You all know him. If you don't, well, you're going to get to know him today. Uh, you're oh, my guest. Okay. I guess um, I'm going to open up and tell him all my personal secrets. We're going in. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is a very laid back podcast I do. Um, I don't know if you know really that much about me, but I work for a booking agency called Continent Continental Touring. Uh, work mm-hmm. with like Dark Funeral, Rivers and Nile. We work with a bunch of bands. Um, so I started this podcast uh, back in June. Obviously, since the world shut down, wasn't booking tours. And I was just like, you know, I want to do something different and do something more in like a live setting because we don't got live shows. And I'm going to get like a bunch of my friends to come on and we're going to just talk, hang out. I'll get to know more about them, uh, talk about the history of the bands that they're in or in anything else in general, you know. So it's been going great, uh, and you are my, I believe, my 63rd episode. I've been doing like okay. like, like two a week. <laughs> uh, okay, wow. That's yeah. A, that's a good yeah. amount. Yeah, last week I had Brian Slagle from Metal Blade on. Um, nice. It was fucking awesome to learn a lot about him and the label. And then I had Psycho Stick later on that week. But yeah, I've had a bunch of people. Trevor from Black Dollar Murder. Uh, this week I have Max Cavalera on on Friday. With his son nice. Igor. That, that should be fun. Yeah. I've never talked to Max before or Son Igor, so it should be fucking awesome. So yeah, a lot of cool stuff going on. I've been um Nuclear Blast has been hitting me up about, you know, more guests and whatnot to do this with. So it's been really rad to have them. Oh, know, okay. On board. So Nuclear Blast hits you up. You don't Yeah. Well, Blast. I hit them up and I'm like, hey, you know, you guys know I got the podcast, so let me know if you have any bands that, you know, have new records coming out, they're looking to do press, they want to do a podcast or whatever it may be. And uh, Kristen was like, okay, yeah, no problem. And then she hit me up about you and like available dates and times. And I'm a huge Fear Factory fan. So I was just obviously like, here's some available dates and times. Let me know what Dino wants to do and let's fucking do this thing, you know? Um, they usually make the schedule for me. I don't really make the schedule. Oh, so okay. Yeah, yeah. It was like a whenever bunch they of said dates up, and times. Dude, dude, I've been talking for the last three weeks. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. My voice is pretty much sore. Dude, uh, yeah. I have to drink a lot of water during these. Yeah, same thing. I, I drink tea and water, yeah. Tea and water, yeah. I need to start yeah. drinking tea, and I told myself that last week, and I still have not bought tea. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm not a that. big coffee guy, so tea, tea's the thing tea's, for me. No, tea's great. Yeah. Especially for your voice, for your vocal cords. Is it? Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, there's certain ones you can buy, like a vocal, or what is it? Uh, something f- for your throat. It's like a throat it, tea. It probably coats, coats your throat it. or yeah. just maybe soothes it. Who knows? Yeah, something. Maybe takes away some of the inflammation or something. Yeah. <clears throat> so let's go back in time a little bit. So just to start oh off. A little bit, a little bit. What got you into metal music? Do you remember? I mean, you must. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> no, no, my memory shot. I don't know. <laughs> of course, my of course, I remember. Uh, ACDC was the first thing that got me into metal nice. music. Yes, I mean ACDC was more rock back then, but at the time, seventy four, was... seventy five, I didn't really hear too much metal at the time. Yeah, um, I would probably give it like a year later when I started getting hearing Black Sabbath, um, you know, early oh, Scorpions yeah. and things like that. Um, and it obviously it progressed over the years. So, mm-hmm. you know, when just before the eighties or right around the eighties, uh, you know, ACDC black and black came out, you know, Scorpions, uh, blackout album. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there was like, 
I've already already went through the Black Sabbath stuff. So, um, you know, like Van Halen, obviously getting into Van Halen and then Def Leppard and then Motley Crue. And then it yep. just gets heavier and heavier. And then by the time 82 came around, it was like Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, um, Metallica. Metall- yeah. Yeah. And then shortly after that, it was Slayer. And then the X by 84, it was like Exodus and all the thrash metal that came out at that time. Oh, yeah. Was yeah. Like- in the mid... 84, 85, 86, around there. Yeah, no, that's fucking awesome. Well, when did you start playing guitar? Who like when I was about when I was fourteen? Well, I actually started playing guitar when I was younger. Mm-hmm. It was a it was an acoustic guitar. It wasn't exactly the best uh, guitar. Yeah, but think... it was just something for me to learn off of or try to get going. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I was learning ACDC riffs uh, on an acoustic, trying, on an acoustic, yeah. trying to learn it. You know, trying to tune it. Trying to get it in tune, like the electric <laughs> guitars, you know what I mean? Yep. And um, it wasn't until I was 14 until my mother bought me an electric guitar and an amplifier. That's and it was a, I wanted an SG Gibson. Yeah, but I had one of was, those when I was younger. Loved it. Yeah, but there was none available at oh. the time. All there was was a bunch of Les Paul copies. Oh, really? So I was like, fuck, I got to get a Les Paul. <laughs> so I was like disappointed that I had to get a Les Paul instead of an SG. Yeah. But, you know, I was... Angus Young fan all the way, right? Yeah, of course. So I I did the best with that guitar. I figured I, I figured like, you know, I, I for a minute there I was like, well, you know what? Should I just wait for an SG to come in? Yeah. My mother might change her mind. You don't never know. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like so you got to jump said, on it. Yeah, I got to jump mm-hmm. on it exactly, and that's exactly what I did. Mm-hmm. So I had uh, an SG copy, a little amp with a little distortion pedal, and boom, that was it. That was the start of it all. That was the start of it all, yeah. So I assume you were like in a few bands growing up be, be, before you started Fear Factory? Way before I started Fear Factory, yeah. I was in a, like a high school band, me and my, me and my friend, uh, Mark, Mark Shapiro. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a band called Violent Breed. Oh, okay. That's a nasty name. It was like name. 84, 83, 84. Yeah. Violent Breed. I don't remember where we got it from, but it was probably from some record or Probably something put, that we saw yeah Maybe somebody had a song called that at the time i don't remember but yeah so we called our band that and uh we were just doing covers oh, okay holly yeah. crew you know iron maiden acdc now cover you know we were just a cover, band. cover we band didn't really have any yeah we might have had a song or two but nothing really that i remember mm-hmm. you know yeah um and then i moved to la and i ran into oh, uh, a bunch of people that i uh, ended up meeting uh one of them being Dave Mustaine and and a bunch of other people uh, oh, who wow. kind of helped me along the way. Yeah, to come up with my own band and gave me advice on what to do. Really, um, that's really yeah. rad. I had a band called the Douche Lords, which we were like a <laughs> rip off of SOD. Okay, yeah, total rip off of SOD. Total like rip off. Crash, <laughs> cra- uh, thrash crossover. That's fucking awesome. Type of band. Yeah, and then. Um, after that band, I auditioned for a bunch of local bands in, in uh, L.A. at the time. One of them was called, what were they called? And I remember it was John Araya's band. Oh, no, man. no, no. Not that one. Not that one. No. Sorry, not that one. I, I'm, I got it confused. There's another band called Tormentor. I tried out. Tormentor? Yeah, Tormentor. That's they were kind cool of name. like, yeah, they were kind of a little grindy sort of, you know, Oh no shit. Uh, really fast stuff. They said I was too melodic. I was too melodic of a player. <laughs> so then I ended up joining another band called Excruciating Terror, which was like full on grindcore. 
Oh, wow. Right? Really? And they were, they were actually kind of fans of my other band called the Douche Lords. The d- <laughs> I love that name. But at the same time, I had another band called Brujeria. And Brujeria oh, yeah. was me, Billy Gould, a guy named John Lepe, and a guy named Pat Hood. We started this band called Brujeria mm-hmm. back in, 80, in 89. And we released uh, at least three seven inches before we made a record. Oh, shit. Um, yeah. So I was doing that as well, but that was really underground. And it was really, a yeah. lot of people didn't really know about it. And it was just like an obscure thing. Mm-hmm. But from the other band I was talking about, Excruciating Terror, the grind band. Yeah. From yeah. there, from there, I was only in the band a month and uh, I met Raymond. I saw him play mm-hmm. and I was like, I got to play with that guy. So I ended up linking up with him and we were jamming in his bedroom. And uh, I was like, I was like, uh, well, actually, I saw Raymond play and I said, that's the guy I want to play with. So I hit him up. Yeah. And that's how we kind of got together. I said, well, we need to start a band together. I like the way you play. And he's like, okay, let's jam, whatever. Right. Yeah. So we did. And I said, you know what? I know, I know this singer and his name was Bert. Right? Okay. Yeah. And that's how all three of us got together. And how I knew Bert mm-hmm. was because me and Bert were living in this, um, it's like an eight bedroom mansion in Hollywood. What? And inside the mansion was different artists that lived there. Oh. You know, people who actually made art. Yeah. Other musicians, oh. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Actors, you know, things like that. Okay. Nobody so it was mixed. Yeah. 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 So the, the rooms were really cheap. They're like 250 bucks a month. And it was great. I oh. loved it because everybody there was really into just, you know, different types obscure of obscure music. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. it was either goth, industrial. <laughs> And I think I was the only metalhead that was in there. Oh, wow. So anyway, so yeah, so that's where I met Bert. We had a band in 89 called Ulceration. Ulceration. So remember, I had, I had all these bands going on. I had Dude, yeah. the Douche Lords <laughs> in 87. Oh my I had God. Brujeria in 89. Yeah. I had that one band, that, the Grindcore band I was playing for yep. around that time, 88, 89. Mm-hmm. And, then that's, and then I met Raymond in 1990. And then that's when... I decided, hey, you know, I got to play with that guy. And I, and I told Raymond that, hey, I got this other singer. Yeah. His name's Bert. Let's get him in the band. So I introduced those two guys together. Yeah. And that's, that's Just, how like, hit it off. I, that's pretty much how I put Fear Factory together. It was introducing wow. those guys and saying, bring everybody in. But me and Bert also had another band <laughs> called Ulceration. Yeah. Which we were like You're a saying. ripoff of Godflesh. Oh, wow. So that's. Yeah. Oh man. So we were up off of Godflesh and I was doing like death grindcore with Raymond. Yeah. So I decided to combine the two and that's pretty much what came out, the first record. Damn. That's crazy. Did you guys uh We had various bass players for a while. Did you? Different yeah. guys. Yeah, different, different guys all it was like yeah. rotating. It was a guy named Andy Romero, who was our first guy, and then there was a guy named Dave Gibney, who was like our second guy, and then there was a guy named Andrew Shives. He was like our third guy until like later on uh we ended up uh meeting christian older walvers and he was our fourth guy okay and then he stayed but we had we, we had a couple of the guys that filled in on base like you know did a, a show or two with us yeah one guy one guy a guy named matt fisher okay he, rest in peace he's passed uh-huh. away but he was in a band called mine rot a local band out of valet okay and, and um yeah just a couple of shows nothing 
you know, just different guys. So we never had that bass player. We were always looking for that one right guy. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I feel like a lot of bands go through bassists. It's like sometimes they do. Like, it's like hit or miss. Same with drummers, though. More so nowadays. Yes. More so nowadays. I, 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 kinda, I kind of agree with you on that. There's a lot of people that switch a lot of band members. And sometimes, you know, like, for instance, uh, Fear, Fear Factory. I mean, we've, we've been a band for 30 years, right? Yeah. And About people get used to a certain amount of characters yes. in the band. Myself, you know, well, the four members that people remember the most is myself, Burton, Raymond, Christian. Yeah. So usually when somebody leaves, they always say, oh, the band's going to change. You know, it's gonna, it's <laughs> not going to be the same. That's blah, 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 always blah. the first thing people say. Yes. Yeah. Always the first. Always, you should change yeah. the name. Change yeah. the name. Give it up. <laughs> Give it up. You know, uh, all this stuff. And I'm like, no, nah, man, I've been there from the I start this, yeah i put this thing together i introduced everybody i picked everybody yep. and no i'm not changing anything nothing's no. going to change the riffs it's... are still going to be the ripping riffs that i write dude you're I still mean, ripping track... you still writing sick riffs dude it blows yeah. my mind it's it's awesome yeah. man like you not to steer away but like dude just jamming the new record i'm like fuck you still writing the sickest riffs I, I've been a long-time Fear Factory fan, man. I, I've loved your band, every fucking record. And just, like, hearing the new... You know, when you first... Really, the first single, I was like, wow. This is... This is amazing. Like, this is still top-notch. Like... Yeah. But anyway... Yeah. But anyway, I just want to throw that out there. Because I, I, I'm loving the new record so much. Thank you. Appreciate um, that. Um, I forgot what I, what I was going to be even talking about. But. Sorry, <laughs> my apologies. <laughs> but um, that's yeah, crazy. Like, yeah. What, what I was saying is like I, I picked everybody. I put everybody together. I yeah. Used everybody. You know, I was already jamming with these guys at different points. Yeah. Right? And different. Yeah. And just band. Bring, just bringing everybody together to start Fear Factory. My roommate, mm -hmm. a guy named Robert Murray, mm -hmm. really good friend of mine, has been my friend for a long time. Yeah. Since since around 84, 85, he's been my friend. Wow. <clears throat> he was the one that came up with the name Fear Factory. Oh, he was my the roommate. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because you know, we had a list of names that we wrote down. It's always a pain in the ass to yeah, we come up a with a band name. <laughs> yeah. One right? of them was manufacture. Mm. <clears throat> Another one was scalp uh, scalpel. I love Another how you remember like, these. Yeah, there was one called Factory. You know, we were trying to get like these. It's kind of weird because the names were either industrial names or mm. uh, death metal names, like scalpel, like fucking, you know, <laughs> which fucking is a very death, scalpel. Yeah, that's yeah. like a very death metal or like grind band name. <laughs> totally, totally, <laughs> <Yeah>. totally. <laughs> scalpel, that was on scalpel. the list. Yeah. Um, but one of them that well, it was manufacturing fear factory. Those are the one, the three that I remember. We probably had about five or six, maybe a few more. Yeah. But my friend goes, oh, factory, huh? It's like, yeah, yeah. I, you know, my roommate saw the list. It's like, oh, factory, huh? Why don't you put fear in front of that? I'm like, why? Fear? Why fear? Yeah, why goes, fear? Come on, man. Fear factory. Fear factory. I'm like, I'm like, okay. So I wrote that down. Fear factory. And I was like, I just started thinking about it more and more and more. I'm like, you know what? I like this thing. Yeah. There's a lot of, it could be about anything that incites fear or manufactures fear. Yeah, that's it. There it Anything is. That manufactures fear, you know, because it's a factory, blah, blah. Yeah. So like, oh, hey, guys, we got the name. You know, my roommate came up with the name. We got, the, you know, here's the name. That is it. 
and it just took a it took a minute for it to sink in of course you know well yeah that's just how it is you got to keep saying my it thinking about my roommate's it it's like my roommates look you got to buy the name you got to buy the name from me i'm like oh fuck how much you want <laughs> and he goes i want two two liter pepsis and like five snickers i'm like no problem. No I problem. Store, bought it. Yeah, no, I went to the store, bought it, gave it to him. That was just that's see, my roommate was dude. My roommate was a bike messenger. He he oh really? He in the city in the downtown area, right? Yeah, yeah, so he yeah. Was a bike messenger. Uh-huh. So he was delivering packages and whatever all day long, right? Yep. So he needed that fucking cash sugar, dude. sugar spike. Yeah. Just to keep going all day. Damn. So I was like, cool. That is. Did he play any instruments, or was he just no, no? He's just a huge fan, just a just, big fan, yeah, big fan of, of metal music, and just he turned me on into a lot of bands like way back. Oh, that's right. And um, yeah, and uh, one of my favorite bands that he turned me on to was a band called Metal Church. Metal Church, yeah, dude, they're still kicking. Yeah, they're still going around. They're still going. Yeah, and um, that's really cool. Uh, yeah, so he turned me on to a lot of bands and stuff. That I, did, that I never heard of a lot of european bands like destruction oh yeah stuff like that stuff i hadn't heard of back in like 84 yeah, yeah it, was, it was hard to find out about those bands like even like i said when i had brian on here from metal blade he's like you know back then he's like i started finding out about all these like european metal bands it's like but yeah you know you had no way to find out about it, it was just all word of mouth that's what it was it's all it ever was yeah well my just, my friend had my friend would collect vinyl. So we had all these uh, records on vinyl and I was like, where are you finding cool. about all these bands? And he goes, and he was showing me the magazines like metal forces and stuff like that. That's what it was. <clears> yeah. Yeah. So he was showing me all these different bands and I was like, fuck yeah. And uh, so we, we, we just hit it off like that. We That's... ended up working together for a little while too, at a, at a place, um, at a sandwich shop. Oh, that's cool. And uh, yeah, come <laughs> on. we were like, you know, 18, 17, 18. 19, so how, how old were you when fear factory started? <laughs> What was that? I think I was around 23, 24. 20, yeah. Around. Yeah. Were all you guys around in the same age? Well, Bert's a couple years younger than me and Raymond's like four years younger than me. So Raymond was okay. about 17, 18. Oh, shit. Raymond was still guy. in high school when we started Fear Factory. Wow. Raymond couldn't get into venues because <laughs> he wasn't old enough. So he would have to wait outside in the van. Yeah. I always heard this. Until, until we you played. went on, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah, then after we you guys on. were done, he had to leave. <laughs> right? Oh, he, or he, he was able to break down his gear and then leave. Yeah, yeah. Take his stuff out and leave. Yeah. That's so Because, you know, we were playing 21 over bars and stuff like that, right? Yeah. It's like all it was, right? Yeah. And it was it was extremely exciting back then. I think, actually, oh, I think dude. by the time we toured, Raymond was 19 as well. Wow. What was your guys' really first tour? Do you remember? Like, what? Like, did you yeah, guys go first... out with any bands? No, the first tour we did was a, was a, was uh, four shows in Mexico. Oh shit! We did a Mexican tour. Yeah, there was, was a good friend of mine, uh, Fernando. He's from out there. He, uh, I met him out here in LA, and he's like, "Fuck, dude, I love your band. I got to take you to Mexico." So he was able to work with some promoters, or he was the promoter. Oh, and, okay. Um, yeah, and he was like our age, you know. Yeah, yeah. Doing this stuff early twenties, you know, and. And he took us out there, and that was our first tour. It was a fucking great tour. I had a great experience. That's great rad. experience. Yeah, this is the first time that you know we ever, you know, uh, had to hear an encore, right? But really? out there, yeah, out there they, they they say this word, and it's called culero, which means asshole. <laughs> so he's like, "Thank you, good night." We leave the stage, and the whole crowd is saying "culeros, culeros," like you're assholes. 
In other words, they don't want you to leave. Yeah, they want well, more. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. Uh-huh. So when I was backstage, I was telling my friend Fernando, I go, hey, man, why the fuck are they calling us assholes? <laughs> and he goes, no, 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 Dino, no, no, no. They want you to go back. They're calling you assholes because you left. They want you to go back. I'm like, we played every song that we have. So what the right? heck did you do? Just play it. We went back and played a couple of more songs. Uh, yeah. Just, uh, again, twice. Again, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we left the stage again, and they were still calling us assholes. And I said, that's it. No more songs. No it. more, man. <laughs> yeah, that was it. So that's um, hilarious. Yeah, it was a good time. I still see him when I go out there, and that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, that is cool. He was the first guy to really take us on our first tour. Then after that, it was this was a big culture shock. We went on tour with Sick of It All and Biohazard. We did about thirteen shows with them. Oh wow! And that was after yeah. the Mexico run. After the Mexico run, yep, we did mm-hmm. thirteen shows with them, and Sick. we um wow. we were the opening band. So it was us. And I think Sick of It All and Biohazard kind of switched both nights, Rotated. right? Whatever night it was. Yeah. yeah. And it was just a whole di- totally different crowd. You know what I mean? Sure, oh, we yeah, had some. Dude. I mean, we had some metalhead there, metalheads there for us, but the majority was all hardcore kids. All hardcore, You know yeah. what I mean? And, and, oh, yeah. and some places we went to was all skinhead. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, well, one of the times was in Arizona. Mm-hmm. We were playing a show there, and we played our show. Mm-hmm. We were done. I think I'm not sure which band came on. I think it was Sick of It All or Biohazard, one of the two. Yeah. But they saw some racist skins in the crowd, and then next thing you know, shit broke down. People oh, were jumping man. off stage, people fighting. And it turned into this big on big old brawl. Big, right? yeah, just <laughs> hell broke loose. And I was at the merch table selling merch, mm-hmm. and I was next to their. I was next to Biohazard's merch guy. I don't want to say any names, but I was yeah, next to cool. him, and he immediately took off his shoe took off his sock put his shoe back on grabbed some cue balls from the pool table put them in the sock yeah and was just swinging them at motherfuckers and i was like i was seeing dudes heads getting busted open right in front of me i'm like holy shit i gotta get the fuck out of here yeah we gotta go (laughs) i just started pulling our shirts down putting them in the boxes and then like I was like, yo, you know, who, I can't remember who I called to. One of the guys in the band. I go, help me take this shit to the van. We got to get the fuck out of here. And so yeah. we, loaded, we loaded up the van and we just fucking bolted out of there. And, and as we were leaving, all you see was fire trucks, oh, uh, ambulances, man. cops, all coming to the scene. Yeah. Just everything just hitting the fan. <laughs> just people's heads getting busted open, bro. It was fucking crazy. Did you guys get in trouble at all or was it just all good? No, we we were gone. Which... Oh, you were out of there already. <laughs> yeah, as we were leaving, like we were you driving away. Yeah. We saw all the all the ambulances and the fire trucks oh and my God, the dude. police officers all woo woo everybody with their sirens just oh, shooting yeah. down the street. We're like, "Fuck, some dude. shit's going to go down." <laughs> Yeah, that's a different tour for you, like a because that was like that was your first tour in the states, right? Yeah, yeah, and that was when Biohazard probably just was just before they hit it big. Yeah, like right before. Um, yeah, and it might have been on Urban Discipline. I'm not sure which record was. I think it was might have been just before Urban Discipline or right at that time. Yeah, <clears throat> um, just before there were just. Ha- just before they were to blow up really big on MTV and mm-hmm. yeah, all that stuff. And uh, yeah, 
but there was still a little bit of a crossover appeal there with biohazard right um yeah i always so thought there, there were some with them so there was some metalheads there you know so yeah. it did you know we did okay yeah opening up those those bands but it was definitely an eye-opening experience and those bands oh, yeah. were a lot very you know because we were still coming from the school of like the death metal and grindcore where you just kind of like fucking just headbang your hair and just yeah. fucking and just jam right mm-hmm. and then we saw those guys play and we're like holy fuck this guy's <laughs> just full, of, full of energy running around everywhere just you know jumping off speakers and drum risers and spinning around and all kinds of stuff right yep, yep. i was like fuck and so we ended up adopting some of that uh, from those okay. bands sick of it all and biohazard yeah we ended up adopting some of that style and putting it into you know into our style and if mm-hmm. you look, go look if you go look and back in the early 90s um like during the demanufacture tours like 95 96 yeah you can see the band running like we're a fucking hardcore band yeah running around running around and shit we, yeah yeah because we took that we took that from those bands yep and adopted it and i remember watching yep. this um it was like two weeks ago it was on twitter someone posted i don't even know who posted it but it's a video of you guys playing live at like a wrestling uh outside wrestling event yeah what yeah I, I don't know what wrestling company it was i don't know if it was like wcw or some shit it was wcw was it wcw yeah, they had this thing called, you know, well, as you know, they always have the spring. Back then, they used to have the spring break in Cancun or somewhere, right? Yeah. They would have the spring break thing. This one was called, they called this the beach brawl. The beach brawl, that's what I said. So yeah. it was the Cancun spring break <laughs> beach brawl. And it was with wrestlers and us playing. Oh, you were the only band, right? Yeah, we're the only, the only band. band. Yeah. And so the program director was a big fan of uh, sorry a big fan of ours yeah and he's like i can't get you on regular mtv but i can get you out here so let's do this i'm like fuck yeah cuz yeah we'll pay for everything we'll put you up in your accommodations and yeah and it was it was amazing go on vacation a play a show maybe make yeah, some yeah we money. were there for like 3 days yeah oh, we were there man. for like 3 days yeah so the first day we were there we're like whatever we had to do sound check and set up yeah right that the next day stuff. we played they film we played mm-hmm. and then the third day you know um, hung out hung out yeah that's yeah well i mean <laughs> I we only was really played rad. two songs we only played two songs oh was it only two to hang out oh was it only yeah. two songs no shit yeah yeah i thought it was really rad i was like dude like you guys are still what year what year was that do you remember yeah i don't think it said it Oh, it was 1998 or 1999. It was either one of the That's two. So uh, I think it was 1999. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's crazy. Like there was like when you guys started and start, you know, when you came out of your first record, you know, first, you know, pieces of music and stuff. Were there any bands doing what you were doing back then? Really? Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to like. Not the way. We, not, not the, the way, way we were doing it. Yeah. Okay. Not the way we we're doing it. But I think the closest thing you would say, God Flash Ministry. God. It was those, yeah. Maybe some other industrial bands we might not have heard of, whatever. But yeah. no one was doing it the way we were doing it. No, definitely not. No. Because, you know, I combined the, you know, everything from the grind to the death to industrial, sludgy industrial stuff that we got from Godflesh mm-hmm. mixed with electronics. <clears throat> you know, that was the first, that was the first album, but it wasn't until we met Reese Fulber, mm-hmm. also in 1992, uh we wanted him to do remixes of our first record sold the machine 
Oh, which okay. was which came out earlier that year in 1992. Yeah. And so after talking with Reese Fulber and we definitely had a great connection and he really understood where I, where I was coming from on the idea of wanted what I wanted to do and he was like hell yeah and so him and a guy named Bill Lee remixed a few of the tracks oh, on the okay. album. Yeah. Scum Greed, Scapegoat, Self-Immolation and Martyr. Those are the four songs they remixed and uh, we were like wow. And it was definitely groundbreaking because nobody was doing it that way yeah. at that time. Yeah. Sure, people were doing remixes, but, but nobody not. was doing like no one was doing like fucking death metal, grindcore, industrial, electronic dance yeah. fucking remixes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no one was doing that. No one was doing that at that time. Sure, uh, you know, bands like Godflesh were doing some stuff like similar to that. Yeah. You know, we, we were very much influenced by them, mm-hmm. but we took it somewhere different. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah, no, you guys um, definitely same thing did. with same thing with ministry. You know, they were doing stuff like that, but we yeah took it somewhere more extreme than that. You know what I mean? So the combination for us worked. We were like, we saw that this we the vision that I had of like adding the electronic elements into it mm-hmm. and how it should sound worked. It worked because. Yeah. There's one song in particular. It was called uh, Scapegoat. Mm-hmm. I told Reese, I go, look, remix the song, but don't change it drastically. Okay. Keep it in its, keep it in its original form. Gotcha. But just add your electronic elements on top of it. And that's yeah. what he did. And that's when I realized, okay, this could work. This really could work for the next album. Yeah. And it did. Which, yeah. Which tried to be demanufactured. Yeah. And at that time, no one heard anything like that either. No. Very gr- very groundbreaking record. Yeah, no, that one definitely we got, was. We gotten better after you know touring Soul of a New Machine mm-hmm. from '92 to '94. We were to- we toured on that record for two years. Yeah, you know, open opening up for everybody. You know what I mean? Is mm-hmm. anybody that we could and just yeah, just you just did whatever road, you could, right? Just getting the road experience, mm-hmm. uh, playing the songs every night. Yeah, becoming um, tighter for- and tighter opening up for different bands and like being yep. influenced by them and you know adopting some of their elements that they not musically but like just show wise all the above like we yeah. felt like we i felt like we've grown a little bit and mm-hmm. we've matured a little bit so going into demanufacture we were like okay we're going to concentrate on the 10 11 good songs yes and don't don't try to write fucking 30 songs for the album <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, yeah, exactly. Which is what we did. Which is what we did for the first album. Yeah, Soviet Machine. No, we put seventeen fucking songs on the album. <laughs> so much. Like, it's too many. It's too many. Way yeah, too many. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. A nice ten to twelve, I feel like, is a good length. Yes, you know, we had we had enough songs for two albums, pretty much, because there was some songs we didn't even record. For oh this shit! Album. Okay. Soviet Machine. There's at least yeah. three or four other songs. Wow. So we had a good twenty songs. Yeah, dude, that's crazy. And uh, so we decided, okay, let's just forget all those songs, mm-hmm. even the ones that we didn't record at that time. Let's just not worry about those and then do the 10, 11 great songs for D-Manufacture. Yeah. And because we were only focusing on those songs, uh, really helped shape the record and it, it came out great. We cut out all the extra fat. Yeah. You know I mean, exactly. every riff, every beat, every cymbal hit, every vocal line had a purpose yeah exactly you know what i mean and so we really nailed it on that 
really nailed it on that record. And then um, there was a B-side called Concrete that was like a leftover That's song right. from from the very Previous. first record. Yeah. Yeah. Leftover song. Yeah. One of those, one of those 20 songs. <laughs> that was one of those songs that was left over. Oh wow. Did you think the band was gonna like take off like it did? Did you guys think? I did. Was, you did. I yeah. felt I felt it. I yeah. felt it. You're like, no one's doing this. It. Yeah, I felt it during the mixing of um demanufacture. Yeah. I felt that the band had something special here and we yeah. were going to do something definitely uh, uh, for bad. sure. Yeah. Um, but one of the, one other story for solve the new machine. Yeah. Um, we did a show, uh, in Belgium. It was like a small little festival in Belgium okay. and, um, uh, and, uh, agnostic front was on the show and we were oh, like, oh, fuck, yeah. and, you know, we, <laughs> we toured with sick of it all. We toured with, yeah. Hazard, but then we saw the Godfathers come in and do it and fucking show us, how it's really done. Like, yeah. Holy shit. They are the godfathers Fuck of it. it. <laughs> yes. And I was like, holy shit. This was like a whole nother level. Yeah. I loved Agnostic Fun for a long time, right? Yeah. But I never got to see them. Mm-hmm. Um, or if I ever did venture to try- go see them, you know, back then, punkers and skinheads and, you know, and metalheads didn't really get along. Yeah. That me- they, they never in, meshed well together. <laughs> back in the early, early 80s, you know what I mean? They didn't really, there was still, you know, separation, right? Yeah. So a lot of times I wouldn't go to those shows for fear of getting my ass kicked, jumped (laughs) by the skinheads or the, you know what I mean? Mix of things. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So I didn't go to those shows or if I did, I stayed away in the back. Yeah. Because I loved, I wanted to go see Gorilla Biscuits, you know, Agnostic Front, you know, even, um, uh, even Cro-Mags. Cro-Mags, yeah. The only time, the only time I got to see Cro-Mags when they opened up for Motorhead that i wasn't really gonna get my ass kicked there was a big <laughs> there were big shows you know oh yeah at least five thousand people you know oh yeah minimum yeah so i didn't go to those i didn't go to the smaller shows but anyways um we got, finally got to play with them i finally got to see the band agnostic Front, but it was one of their last shows before robert went away for a while or oh, roger sorry roger, roger went away yeah. for a while so so we didn't know that so when we went to make uh, D manufacturer, we, we wanted uh, we wanted to do a cover song at Agnostic Front. Mm-hmm. Your mistake was the song we wanted to do. Yeah. And um, so we ended up getting hold of the band and we're like, hey, can you invite Roger to come down? And that's when we found out that he was not available. Oh wow. But um but Vinny, yep, Stigma said, Stigma, Oh, yeah. I I got Roger's brother here. Or Ro- yeah, Roger's younger brother. Oh, okay. Freddie, Freddie. Yeah. And he was like, does I'll bring him down? He sounds just like his brother. Like, all right. I'm like, all right. All right. So he brings him down. Fuck it. And, and uh, he did an amazing job. He sang on the record. And when he so brought him sick. down, I, I believe he was like 17 at the time. Oh, wow. Yeah. I very... think, I think I want to say Madball had already started. I think it just started, right? I think Other so. Yeah. Then? Yeah. Yeah. Because they ended up touring with us later on. Doing some shows. Oh, that's right. Them, Marauder, did Marauder. some shows with us. Love yeah. Marauder. Master Killer, love that record. Uh, oh, it's legendary. Shout out to Saab, who passed away, yep. you know, a while, while back. Um, yeah. So. But uh, yeah, those those bands uh, did some shows with us because of the, the agnostic front connection and the hardcore connection. Yeah. That's crazy. You, we, you guys uh, play with a lot of like hardcore bands. 
Yeah, uh, I think cool, it's man. because uh, our management company was from uh, New York. Okay. Right. Yeah. Management company was from New York. A guy named Drew Stone. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He's like a Sounds video director, right. filmmaker, filmmaker, video director. He's did a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. He, you know, was managing some of those bands, and he was a friend of ours, mm-hmm. friend of the man- management company. Our manager, Scott Koenig. Yeah. Oh, Scott. I met Scott a, few, uh, a couple times. A years. It's been yeah. a while. Yeah, so he he um, had the Rush Management Company out in uh, New York, and mm-hmm. uh, he was he was linked up with all the hardcore. He manages Biohazard too, so oh okay. At yeah. that time, at that time, there was a hardcore connection there, and uh, he um, you know he hooked us up with all those bands. It was great. That's that's fucking rad. Yeah, because some of those bands were fucking really good back then. You know, some of those younger oh, yeah, hardcore dude. bands that were fucking. They were great. And they, and were, they were popping. You know, it was more too. of a more of a hard more of a crossover. You know. Yeah. And yeah, like it worked. Watching, watching these these kids play too, and they going off and just mm-hmm. going crazy. It was, it was a lot of energy. It was definitely something. Yeah, Dude, it was definitely bad. something that we had. Like, okay, we need to bring our A game when we're opening up for these bands. I'm sorry, these bands were opening up for us. Like, we were the yeah. headliners. And we're like, we need to bring the A game. Yeah, our A game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we need we need to go a little more crazy on stage. <laughs> These yeah, dudes are like, you know, show, we were, like, damn, we were a lot younger than, yeah. and probably, you know, you could do that. Sounds lighter, yeah, sounds lighter, right? <laughs> yeah, and uh, your, your, your knees and your ankles are not shot, they're still in their prime, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I was jumping off high risers, jumping on hitting the floor, you know. Oh, dude, I've never like, seen like early on like Fear Factor 200 pounds, videos. 200 pounds fucking doing that. Dude, just going ape. I mean, even like, dude, I remember like old videos of like Dillinger Escape Plan. Like those guys, oh, great, Holy great, shit, great, yeah, great that live band. Like, but you know, we were into that, but yeah. we didn't want to destroy our own gear. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like we like our gear. <laughs> I don't those guys don't need to speak- buy anything. <laughs> those guys were throwing speaker cabinets around. They were doing all kinds of shit, lighting shit on fire. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, it's really cool. Oh, you got to buy a new drum set now. <laughs> yeah, we can't we can't forget can't to you know do a shout out to Candiria too. Oh Fucking. man. Amazing Dude. band. I, remember, I grew um, up in New York and uh, seeing Candiria play when I was younger, like when I was like 16, 17. Oh, dude, the energy. It's just the so band. We, amazing um, band. So we, uh, you know, I got also got to give a shout out to WSLU because mm-hmm. I feel that they were partly responsible for breaking the band in the East Coast because okay. uh, they played us on the radio all the time. They really? had this thing called Fear Factory at Five, right? What? FFF, Fear Factory at Five. Dude. Right? That is so every sick. day at 5 p.m., every day at 5 p.m., uh-huh. they would play one or two songs of Fear Factory. Wow. So they, were doing a, they were doing a double shot of Fear Factory, right? And uh, they just played us during the height of the, the rush hour, you know, people going home from work. Oh, well, yeah, 5 p.m., dude. Getting out there. Yeah, exactly. So it was a perfect time. time. Whoever was, yeah, whoever was tuning in on the radio station at that time was perfect, right? Yep. And so it really, um, really helped propel the band. I, I got to give a shout out to them, WSU. I can't forget That's where we so came rad. from. You know, how long did they do that for? Do you, do you think? Dude, since the first album. Well, I would say D Manufacturers when they started doing it, but they were playing us since the first album. Totally. Wow. Totally into Fear Factory. The first album, they pumped the fuck out of us. That's sick, dude. That's really yeah, rad. Because 
because you know they were playing all kinds of stuff they were playing a lot of hardcore stuff you know what i mean oh okay um at they the were. time they were playing metal yeah overkill oh, every, wow. everything from overkill to you know agnostic front damn so we were kind of lumped in right in the middle and so yeah it was like what a badass radio station yeah i don't know if you know them no, at all it, but w what is it again wsou wsou i'm just gonna write it Seton down so hall where are they based Seton out of hall. you said east coast right yeah east coast like um probably new york maybe uh, somewhere in new york outside okay. of new york actually outside of new york that's rad um definitely not definitely not in the city it's, it's one of the colleges oh it's called, okay it's the college radio station Sounds so familiar. Let me. I just want to look it up. W S O U. Oh, yeah. See, what is it? Seaton Halls Pirate. So I said C- yeah. yeah, right there it is. Damn, they're still eighty nine point five. Yeah, where are they? Where are they? What's the city they're in? Rock, the loudest rock in New Jersey and New York. It says Jersey. Yeah, they're Jersey. Yeah, Jersey. But we were getting that. Yeah, and then oh, uh, do they have life we and agony up we were, here? We were playing shows. Mm-hmm. We played shows at like, you know, Irving Plaza. Yeah. Or the bigger place. I can't remember the name of it right now. Um, Irving. And uh, Kit and I'm sorry. Irving. Rosenball. Rosen, yeah. I want to say. Rose. Yeah. Yes. So we were playing these big shows, and you know, WSOU would be the sponsor of the radio station, right? Mm-hmm. They, they they would sponsor the shows, and we would do these shows. And it was all WSOU sponsored shows. Yeah. But later on, when the third record came out, uh, it was obsolete, right? Yes. And K Rock, we started getting played on K Rock. That's big. Yes. Yeah. So wow. We were doing these sellout shows, and K Rock were the sponsored sponsored the show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would see you would see K Rock banners. Yeah, that's right? big, dude. Damn. And so we would have to every time we did these shows, we would always give a shout out to whoever sponsored the show, right? Of course. So we had to give a shout out to K Rock, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But the whole crowd started chanting S O U S O U. You know, they were chanting oh, man. where we started from. You know? Yeah. And so we had to give them a shout out too. There was no way that we could not. Yeah, you leave could that not, building. dude. We could not leave that building. No. Without no. giving a shout out to where we started. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Did they get did K Rock get pissed about that? Or were they no. Cool? no. No, they didn't say anything. That's rad. Well, that's good. Not that I know of. Yeah. Not if that they yeah. did, oh well. Hey, whatever. But yeah, it was it was really cool to that people because it was a totally different you could tell like the core people were on the floor and oh, yeah. you could tell like the newer school of uh, follow Fear Factory fans were on the sides, on the sides, you know, just on watching the top, yeah. on the top. Yeah, yeah. And you could see there was a lot more girls, obviously, right? Yep. Because we're on the radio now, so there's a lot more girls. Oh yeah. At our shows. Oh yeah. And so, yeah. You think that so really just, that helped the band? Definitely, like the both radio stations. What the girls? <laughs> that too. You think that really propelled the band, like really helped the band grow a lot being on WSOU? Yeah, WSOU. Or K Rock. And, and b- both in general, yeah. Um, definitely we started with WSOU for sure. They yeah. really helped make they really helped the band grow. E- e- even when we were on K Rock, they were still playing us and they were still, you know, promoting the band and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, 
because even though we were doing K-Rock sponsored shows, we also did the WSOU show as yes. well in Jersey at, uh, what the hell is that name? That oh, Starland? Place by the Water. No. The place by the Water. Oh my God. I feel like I know what you're talking about. It was it's right also, on the, right on the water too. It's also in Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. It's in Jersey. I know it, it wasn't. An I don't remember the name of the name of the venue there, but not, um, yeah, no, yeah, we, yeah, it wasn't Starland. We did a radio show there. No, that's not, no, that's yeah, not. yeah. Starland was, no, yeah, no. no. Starland's no. like in the We did, um, woods. we did a radio sponsored show there. For, I'm sorry. We actually done, did WSOU's radio show there. Oh, okay. They put on their own concert and we were like <clears throat> the headliners. It was great. We headlined over uh, Biohazard, Overkill, a bunch of bands. Holy shit, dude. <clears throat> because by that time we were pretty. Oh, you guys big were. at that time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely were. And you guys, how long were you on Roadrunner for? Up until 2002. Up until 2002. When well, sl- yeah. I stayed on. I, <clears throat> in 2002, mm-hmm. uh, I, I was out of the band. That was the first time Burton quit the band. That's right. And then, uh, I, totally I don't know, six, about that. six months later, they, inter- they, they, um, six months later, they ended up getting back together without me. That's right. Yeah. So I Roadrunner about this. dropped. Roadrunner dropped the band. I stayed <clears throat> signed to Roadrunner for a couple years after that. Oh no way! So yeah, I was still working with Roadrunner because, you know, I was doing another another band for them, mm-hmm. and I also did the Roadrunner All Star. So I was I was tied to Roadrunner till probably about I would say 2006. Oh okay, so you stayed on until then. Yeah. Wow. Until I ended up doing Divine Heresy and getting signed to Century Media. Oh yeah, that was on Century Media. Yeah, That's because right. Roadrunner, Roadrunner turned it down. It was a really weird situation really? because, yeah, Roadrunner turned down Divine Heresy because I was told that the owner said, we only sign singers that leave the band and not guitar players that are not in the band. So in other words, when Dez was out of Cold Chamber, they signed Devil Driver. Yeah. When Pete Steele was out of Corner, yeah. Sign type of negative. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When Max, when Max was at a Sepultura, they signed Soulfly. Soulfly. Yeah. Those are all singers. All of them. They're all singers. So what here I was as a guitarist fuck? coming up with a new band. Yeah. And it was fu- it was ripping. They turned it down. So that is I was like, okay. so weird. So I went to Century Media and Century Media said, Hell yeah. And so they took it right away. That's crazy. Yeah. That's so weird. I didn't even realize that until you just laid mm-hmm. it out right there. <laughs> Roadrunner really did that. I wasn't mad. I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't mad because they employed me for, for a many, while. many years. Yeah, many, man. many years. And I was still good friends with Monty Connor, who worked there, mm-hmm. who ended up eventually leaving there and going to Nuclear Blast, yep. starting his imprint there, and then signing the band back in 2009 or 2010. 2010, right? For Mechanized, yeah. Yeah. Well. So you've been on Nuclear I'm sorry, Blast since I take 20- that back. I'm sorry, I take that back. He, he signed us in 2014 oh. for Genexus. Oh, mechanizing okay. the mechanizing Mechanize- the industrials. We we were on uh, Candlelight. Oh, Candlelight those came out on Candlelight. Damn. Yeah. I don't even think I knew <clears throat> that. Wow. I haven't heard the word. Or sorry, I've heard the name Candlelight Records in a minute. 
It's been yeah, a while. I don't think I, I think they're, I'm not sure. They if sold. Not, yeah, they sold to somebody. Um, I forgot. But yeah, it wasn't until 2014 that they signed uh, signed the band again. Yeah, uh, Nuclear Blast to put out Genexus. To put out Genexus, yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Were there like any? Um, you know, through the years, especially in the beginning or whatnot, uh, were there any like struggles that the band faced that you remember? Uh, in the very or, beginning? Well, not the very, or as the band started taking off, you started touring, were there like any struggles that you remember the band facing? Or was it like, was it just like more, was it just like smooth sailing? <laughs> definitely not smooth sailing. No. But definitely <laughs> fun. Yeah. Definitely fun. Definitely an experience uh, I will never forget um we've had we've had mm-hmm. you know in the very beginning I, I would say we we didn't even really even start making money till our third record yeah this third yeah, record that's when you started seeing some actual profit yes start you know we didn't we didn't headline like a lot of shows oh, i'm sorry we didn't headline a lot in north america we mainly headlined in europe right oh, but okay. we just our guarantees weren't just that were that great at the time in the early in the early years yeah that we didn't even see it start seeing a profit till obsolete is when we first started seeing a profit wow yes i had a quick band go ahead oh no i didn't want to derail but i had a really good question which i didn't even think about um um tank the tech in the in the chat right now just brought up um Tank the tech. <laughs> he's a street. Tank the tech. Yeah. He's Shout a, out to Tank the tech. He's he's a Hopefully good guy. He's got a good question. Um, he said he wanted to know why Fear Factory's archetype album isn't available damn near anywhere. That, that that's that's not a good question. That's, that's a horrible <laughs> question. Well, I don't even know about the record personally. Well, neither do I because they have nothing to do with me. That oh. was when I was out of the band. Okay. I so did not okay, know. yeah. There's a big misconception here, right? Yeah. Everybody thinks because I have the trademark Fear Factory that mm. I own everything from Fear Factory, which is not the case. Okay. I do not Understood. own I do not own our records that Roadrunner Records owns. They Got own you. those records. Yeah, they have right? those, right? Okay. Yeah. The only time that I have any control of the records is when they reach out to me and say, Hey, we want to do a reissue. Let's work on it together. Okay. It's the only time I have any say. We recently did that with the manufacturer. I saw. First time, yeah, we put it on vinyl. Mm-hmm. First time in North America that that happened. Okay. Now, fast forward all the way up to archetype and transgression. Mm-hmm. I've said this a million times on all my social media accounts everywhere Instagram, Twitter, yeah. Facebooks, all the different Facebook pages that we have. <laughs> I do not own the rights to the masters of those records. Understood. Archetype and transgression. The owner of the record company owns those records. I got you. Right. There you have it. There I you have, have no it. idea. It's, it's, it's an old <laughs> question yeah. that pops up all the time. So I, come on. I see. Frank the Tank. What's it called? Tank, tank the Tech. Tank the Tech. Come up with a better Sometimes question, these bro. things slip through the crack. It's crazy. I mean, I, it's like sometimes you got to like repeat yourself a lot because it doesn't not everyone finds out or knows. It, it sucks. It's that way. But. It's well, yes, I know not a lot of, a lot of people know, but even fans are already ans- answering that question. Wow, yeah. fans that know are answering that question. That question for fans. you, yeah, yeah, for me. They're exactly. chiming in, and being like, "Yeah, hey, listen, <laughs> yo, listen, bro, where this you is it, all right?" Because <laughs> people blame me. <clears throat> people blame me. It's really, 
It's really yeah. horrible that people blame me. Oh, you don't want to put that record out because you're not going to make you money from that record because you weren't on it. That's why you don't want to put it out. I'm like, I don't have, I don't own I, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, <clears throat> I can't legally do it. <laughs> yeah. So Guys. people say that all the time. Oh my Dino God, want to put, dude. Dino doesn't want to, Dino purposely does not want to put those records out What's, because he wasn't on it. Yeah. What's the that's most annoying, what is the most annoying, that, that, one. that one? That's the yeah. number one? That's one of the most annoying questions oh, I get. Man. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah. If I was in your shoes, because yeah, I would get annoyed. I understand. Look, I understand that people just don't know. They don't know how this, the record industry works. Yeah. Tons they of people don't know. All, they were all, they think we're all rich. <laughs> <clears throat> I know. That's very <clears throat> true. Very true. Actually. <clears throat> I know people in I know people in the music industry you don't know how the music industry works. Also true. I mean shit, you know, dude. I learn shit every day mostly. Every week same, I'm learning something here. new. I'm like, really? Uh, That's how here. it works? Same here. Yeah. You know, it's you really gotta it's, go to law school if you really want to understand some of those contracts sometimes. Yeah. Some of the wording and some of the language. You really gotta take your time and read those and just try to yeah. understand what they're saying. If you don't understand, main thing number one thing is hire an attorney. Yes. You, I, I, I tell I people that bans this all the time. I will almost recommend hiring an attorney before you hire a manager. Yeah. Honestly. Because nowadays, nowadays, bands can promote themselves. They can go on social media. They can go on YouTube. They can do whatever. They, yeah, they you have all the camp, resources whatever. now. You have all the resources to do it yourself. Yes. Right? And I would, I would recommend you doing it to yourself. I was doing it to Doing it for yourself. <laughs> doing it, yeah, yeah. Doing it your, yourself until you can't do it anymore. Yeah. Until, until it, gets it gets too, too much. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because that's when you I, hire. I, you start yeah. sourcing. Don't because yeah. the, the the main thing the one of the things that these young bands think mm -hmm. because they sign to a management company that they've made it right that yeah. the management company is going to do everything, everything for them. For, yeah. No. No. Same yeah. thing with the record company. They think if they sign to a record company. But the record it. company made yeah. it. Some people think I got the best band in the world. Why? Why? Why is the record company doing this for me? Doing that for me? Like you got to do that shit for yourself, bro. Yeah, you got bro. all the resources. There's some record labels that won't even sign you if you don't if you don't have enough friends, followers, followers, yeah, listeners on Spotify. Like yeah. it's like all this shit of, gets looked of, at now. Yeah, a lot Dude. of companies won't even sign you because. You know the companies are obviously having a hard time selling CDs themselves. Exactly, so it's all about streaming. So it is. If you're if you're a band and you have some songs out on wherever Spotify, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And you got a lot of subscribers on your YouTube channel. You got a lot of followers. You know, you got twenty, thirty thousand, maybe fifty thousand yep. followers on your Instagram mm -hmm. or anywhere else like that. They'll take you. They might take you because. They got, they, they look like, oh, okay, so if when these guys write a new song for the record company, you're going to be able to promote it on your own sites yep. and you're going to be able to get your fans to listen, to buy, uh, to subscribe, you know, whatever. So, yeah, yeah, you know, don't rely on everything on the record company or your management company. Yeah. Don't yeah, rely never. on everything on them. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have some knowledge. That's what I tell bands some, too. I'm like, listen, don't, don't think that. 
you know, me, like, you know, I'm a booking agent. Don't think I'm going to be able to get you everything. You know, it's never, hey man, you can't, you're, you're the booking agency. Get me on fucking tour with Metallica. What yeah. <laughs> Why can't we tour Slipknot, bro? Like what? you're over there, you're over there <laughs> sipping your tea and you can't fucking get us a tour with fucking, you know, how can oh, you dude, can't get us some... on that Mudvayne reunion? Uh, yeah. What the fuck's wrong with it? I did have one band hit me up, but they were like kind of joking uh, I, that I work with. They're like, "Yo, hey, listen, if uh, Mudvayne ever needs like support, please put her name in the in in the bat, you know, in the in the mix, whatever." And I'm like, "Dude, even if I did that, they look at your name and be like, who?" And then move on. Yeah, move on. Yeah, you know what I'm well, saying? Nowadays, like, it doesn't even matter. Now, nowadays, you know, it's 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 rough out there touring. It's going to be a big sat. There's going to be an oversaturation of all Bro, bands touring at now. the same time coming up right yeah i'm dealing and with it now so a lot of people are trying to understand this buy-on type of thing right i know you know because you know the headlining bands are not exactly getting the guarantees they were getting before or it never actually you know <laughs> yeah right the guarantees are not what they used to be yeah the and, money's not what it used to be you know to be at the all. promoters are, the promoters are struggling the clubs are struggling people are struggling and it's been it's been that way for a while now yeah that, oh yeah you know some of these some of these young and up and coming bands, mm -hmm. they got to do buy-ons. Some you do. Know what I mean, yeah. If yeah, you want to get that tour, do. yeah. If you want to get that tour, so a lot of bands, a lot of young and up and coming bands, I, I would say save your money for to pick a good tour and to go out on it because yeah. it works. It works for some of those bands. It really no, does. it can. And I've seen sometimes I've seen bands buy onto the wrong tours, and I'm like, man. Correct. You know, this you gotta like you were just saying, you gotta pick the right tour. I'll give you I'll give you a perfect example of a band that bought onto the right tour. Go. Okay. Yeah. This is 1996. Uh -huh. We did a tour with Megadeth. We didn't buy on the tour. Okay. We did a tour with Megadeth. Yeah. And the band that was direct support to Megadeth was Korn. Now you gotta remember it was mm. before Korn was big. That was. blew up yeah they were, they were on their they were still on their first record yep self-titled yeah they had yep they have done some other tours they did tours with danzig and house of pain and stuff like that mm -hmm. but sony paid a shit ton of money for the band to be direct support to was it sony i think it was sony i think they were on uh, sony for that record for, yeah yeah for the first record and they mm -hmm. paid a shit ton of money to open up for that megadeth tour and you literally saw the band blow up overnight they were in the right crowd yeah and metal different. crowd metal crowd they yeah. were playing they were opening up for hip-hop bands and other bands right but that wasn't like yeah and but it wasn't until they opened up for that megadeth tour i literally saw you saw, saw it from there so, yeah just talking to jonathan davis every every week the fucking sales were 60 70,000 records a week. God, can you believe the difference we in, we, we, in we album sales? No, no, it's impossible. Yeah, it's literally it. Looking back at re record sales back this then, is a, this is a week. Radio, yeah, a week. Up, radio yeah. picked up blind, blind. Yeah, Boom, they fucking blew the fuck up. Yeah, dude, from there, I did like I don't know how many records, three million records or something like that. Four Probably million. off the first and, one, and then this. Then the second record came out and they were on TRL Live. Mm -hmm. That's it. You fucking made so it. So I seen <laughs> I seen that buy on work. Yeah. Yeah. That was a very good investment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta you gotta make sure it's the right tour. Some bands think like, oh, we're gonna buy on this tours with this bigger band. I'm like, well, do you make are those fans gonna like your band? You know? Is that is this the right one? 
are these fans going to just ignore you or boo you off stage for all you know? So you yeah. got to make sure it's the um, right one. You're putting a lot of money on the line. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah, kind, for sure. Kind of gambling uh, in a sense. Yeah. But I've seen it work for some bands. Uh, yeah. you know, I've seen it, not all bands, but I've seen it work for some bands. Oh, definitely. If you get the right tour, the right slot, the right time. You know, some shows, you know, the opening band kind of gets fucked over because Mm-hmm. A lot of the fans don't come in till later. Till later on, yeah. Yeah. But if you got the right package and you're on the right package, fans will be there early. They'll be waiting outside mm-hmm. waiting yeah. to get in. Those diehard fans you know that I mean? are there so hours then, before. Yeah. So mm-hmm. then they'll get to see the opening band. Like, you know, most of your fans, or I'm sorry, most of the headlining fans we'll will see get you. to see the opening band. So that'll help. Yes. That will help a lot. Number one thing is, too, when you're an opening band, you're on a buy-on. Mm-hmm. Always say, hey, after we play, come to the merch table. We're going to be there and we're going to sign everything. So come down if you want to you know, ask us anything. We'll give you a hug. We'll yeah. give you a kiss. Give you a kiss. <laughs> Whatever. Sign I'll your... Give you, I'll, give you a, uh, I'll give you a date with my drummer back here. Yeah. <laughs> Just say whatever you could say to, to get, get them. them to go to the merch table. Yeah. No, very good advice Hopefully, there. Like, I, I did that with Divine Heresy. Like, the, yeah. We... Divine Heresy, I was starting all over again, right? Starting yeah. over again. We had yeah. a great first week. At the time, we sold about 10,000 records the first week. That's and right. it started to grow. Yeah. Right? We ended up selling like 64,000 records on our first record. It was pretty yeah. good. That's at really the time, cool. 2000, 2007, 2008, we were on tour. Yeah. So we were opening up for bands. We opened up for everybody. I called favors. I called yeah, them favors. Them all. Yo, Kamira, take us out. Yo, Static X, take us out. All That Remains, take us out. Hey, yeah. uh, you know... Shadows Fall, take us out. So all these bands were taking us out on tour, and we were playing in front of the right crowd. Yeah, those sure. were definitely the right crowd. Right. But everybody yeah. was like, they, you know, not everybody knew that I was in this band. So they would be up there saying, like, what the fuck? Is that Dino? Yeah. Is that you him? <laughs> so so we would be like, yo, you know, uh, if you want to come meet Dino, he'll be at the merch table, blah, blah, blah. The minute, oh. we, the minute we played, we had a fucking line of people like, Holy fuck, what are you doing here? Like, I didn't know you had this band. I know you guys fucking were killer. Like, what the fuck? Was that like every and night? Tons of people had no night, idea. Every night. Every night. Wow. Right? Until it finally started to grow, then people do, right? Yeah, yeah. People, we started, people started coming to our shows and we started headlining shows. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. So we started to make a, you know, all those tours that we did with all those big bands really, really helped. And a big shout out to all those bands that I mentioned that really helped oh, us. Oh, yeah, they're all Helped great. my band out, Divine Heresy. Um, so, yeah, maybe a lot of people at the merch table didn't buy merchandise, but we had a, sold a shit ton of CDs. Yeah, that was the big a thing, A shit right? ton. Yeah. Yeah. And you're signing people them, would, too. Too. Yeah, On top exactly. of it, man. So people were more, more, uh, they were willing to take a chance on a $10 CD than they were on a $20 t-shirt. Yes. And I got that because we sold oh, a yeah, shit ton same. of CDs. Yeah. Yeah. And that, we that's, that's what you really we want, actually, too, man. You want everyone to really have your cool. music. It was really cool because we had to buy the CDs from the record company, and they weren't that expensive. Yeah. So we were actually making uh, Pretty a decent. decent amount of cut you know, from the CD sales. That's right. So when you're selling like you know, 70 to 100 CDs a night, it adds up. It does, right? man. And so we were had to tell them. We were kept calling the record label, yo, yo, you know, like, ship us more. Ship hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. <laughs> ship it out here. Yeah, because you couldn't run out. Like That's the thing. You got, yeah, you had if to we make ran sure. out, then we were like, fuck. You know, but some people, we, we would offer combos. Yo, 
15 shirt and CD, uh, right? Or 20 bucks for the shirt and CD. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You can't turn that down. I remember a lot yeah. of bands doing that shit back then. Like shirt and, and CD we combos. Did, and we made a killing. We put my, I, I went to, I, I went to the merch table every night. People are asking me like, why are you working your own merch table? I go, because if I wasn't, I wouldn't get to meet you. And they fucking loved it. Yeah. And it's true. It is true. It's awesome that you did that. I wouldn't get to meet you. I was basically my own salesman there. I was selling our shit. Yeah. And uh, it really helped the band a lot to do it it that way. It really helped us a lot. Plus, you also saw like so many people had no idea you were in the band. Yeah. And they were excited. So it's like, shit, I have, you know, I would do the same exact thing. I'd be like, damn, I got to be at the merch table. A lot of these people have no fucking clue I'm in this band. I met everybody. I met a lot of people. That's so awesome. So let's let's fast forward to now. Aggression Continuum. This record, man. Um, how long was this record in the making for? Like, when did you start writing it, you think? <clears throat> do I think? Do I, <laughs> yeah, I it's been a while, right? Well, you recorded in like 2017, writing. right? We tracked in 27 and completed the record in 2017. Yes. That's right. And... Um, uh, it's kind of a hard explanation and it's kind of hard for people to understand because mm-hmm. it, it it's 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 all dealt with the legal issues that we had yeah the lawsuits that we had with the ex-members right yeah. so during the time that we were done recording mm-hmm. uh, or during that time we were actually recording um i didn't have any say or any control of the record only the music. I only had the control of the music. Okay. I wasn't handling the business at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Burton was handling the business. I was going through my court cases. Okay. So I couldn't legally say I was working on a Fear Factor record because at that time, the name was held up in court. So th- at oh. the time, the record was not, the band was not called Fear Factor. We oh, were just, wow. Just because, doing, yeah. yeah. But we still made I a understand. record. We still made a record. Well, we just didn't know if the record was going to be called Fear Factor because of that situation. I understand. Yeah, because gotcha. of the legal, the legal limbo that we were in. Yeah, all that legal crap. during the time. <laughs> so, uh, so Bert was actually running the business at the time, and he, uh, after I was done with my court case, right, mm-hmm. and I won my court case, I had to actually go to trial. It was brutal. I had to go to trial. Wow. So this is like in between Damn, 2017 man. and 2020. That's right. Holy so a good shit. three years. Yeah. 2017, 2017, we were in this legal issue that just was just taking forever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Dragged the lawyers, on. the lawyers were just sucking up all the money. You know what I mean? All of our Oh money. yeah, that's what they do. Like man. gone. Yeah. That's what they do. So I ended up having I ended up having to go bankrupt, right? Because I was just in the hole, a lot of fucking money. Yeah. And that there was, was like no the way only I was going to and there was no, we couldn't tour, we couldn't use the name, we couldn't do anything. So yeah, you had no way to make, make money. money. We hadn't, couldn't even make money on merchandise, none of that stuff. I don't. A lot of people don't don't really understand how all this works, and I get it. Wow, it's it's a, it's a complicated issue to really understand. Yeah, it and is. it's a complicated for me to even explain it. Yeah, there's right? a lot. Yeah, it would probably take a little while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so we were not getting into that know, crap. Obviously, my situation <laughs> was my issue. Uh, my situation was a very unique situation you know what i mean yeah it was like i don't even know if i was ever going to even be able to get out of it damn you know what i mean but i i powered through it 
I powered through it, you know? Yeah, pushed um, through that shit. I can't even think of any band or band member that went through the shit that I went through. Yeah, right? because you probably knew of, like, other bands that you, you know, grew That's, up for, uh, that went through some legal stuff, but it didn't even amount to what you went through. No, right? not at all, because I yeah. lost a lot. Yeah. You know, uh, money, divorce, um, bankruptcy, you know, losing the band, possibly. Yeah, your career. Close. You don't even. We don't. You don't know. You're in this. You're in this state that you just don't limbo, know yeah. what the outcome is going to be. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So, fast forward to you know we finished the record that's already been turned in. Uh, Bert turned in some artwork. I didn't even know what it was until he leaked it. <laughs> yeah. At that point, he was not communicating with me. Why I don't know. I think yeah. he just had to. At the time, he had to distance himself. Uh, in 2017, he had to distance himself because of the legal issues that were going on. Because at that time, we had we had split up. In, uh -huh. We had split up in in legal cases, right? Yeah. At one right? point, we were we were fighting together. At one point, he wanted to break free and go on his own, right? Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Which kind of caused a lot of problems, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um. So we had two separate cases. I won my case yep. for three years in legal battle, four years in legal battle. I won my case. Wow. Uh, the same outcome wasn't exactly for Bert. Mm -hmm. uh, and he lost the, his ownership of the trademark. Yeah, I read that. <clears throat> and so, mm -hmm. yeah, so it went up for auction. You know, and you mm -hmm. can bid on it like you can bid yes. on a pair of sneakers on eBay. Yeah, it's the know? same thing with the trade. Yeah, you can bid on it. Correct. Which is and wild. so <laughs> I bid on it. I already had won my case. Yeah. I was like, okay, Bert can't own it, so I need to figure out how to get it so we can continue as Fear Factory. Yeah. But during that time, you know, Bert hadn't still hadn't talked to us for about three years. Damn, that and long. I was like, okay, okay. Well, you know, if I buy it, we can get together and things will work out. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, for sure. Right? It was all positive intent. So anyway, mm -hmm. so when I went to go buy it and I was actually won the bid, Yeah. you know, you have to work things out with court. You have to work things out in the court system. And I was able to, you know, get this agreement with the court system that I am the sole owner. And that's what happened. So I was like, okay. So we reached out to Bert's attorney. I actually had texted him. Mm -hmm. I had emailed him. I said, look, let's, let's, let's go, man. I got the name. Let's fucking do it. Yeah. Why not? And uh, his lawyers had told us like he had no intention of coming back. So we're like, wow. okay. So we knew that he, he, we knew he kind of quit already. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he was, I mean, he totally just distanced himself from everything. Just completely distanced himself. Yeah. No completely. communication, nothing. Yeah. As yeah, you know, as you could tell, he's not even promoting a record that he's on. I know. So yeah, he was finished with the record with his vocals. Yeah, well, and he then, finished in 2017. Hold on. Oh, you gotta, okay. You got you to say it right. He finished his vocals in 2017. You remember, we turned in a record at 2017 to yeah. Nuclear Blast. That record was already turned in, it just, but it had different things on it. It wasn't that's right. what you're hearing now. Yeah. Right? So it was completely different. And that was because I didn't have a lot of control over that, say, Burton had the control during that time because I was going yep. through my legal shit because we had yeah. separated legally there. Yeah. Right. And I was going through my bankruptcy and I was just going through a lot of stuff there. Mm -hmm. So Bird had full control of it at the record at that time, 2017. 
I told you that he he leaked some artwork. That's right. For people to see the record, he was calling the record monolith and blah 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 blah. And so the record company is like, okay. Anyways, so fast <laughs> forward to 2019. Mm-hmm. At that whole time, he didn't speak to us from 20 from the time he finished the record to the time that I was able to get the the trademark back. He yeah. hadn't spoken to me at that time wow. or anybody in my camp. Yeah. So again, when I was able to get the trademark and move forward, I was like, okay, come on, you know, Bert, let's get back. Let's do this. And he was like, you know, he's like gone. He's gone. He's done. He's gone. Wow. So I was like, okay, so it's all up to me now. Yeah. Now um, it's in your hands. He quit. He quit. And it was even before he had been announced that he quit. Wow. Right. Yeah. I, we already knew he quit. Yeah. But he has aim and the public. The yeah. public didn't know he quit. He he waited to announce that he was quitting one week before he released his other record, Project Record. Oh, wow. I think, obviously, it was the gain hype for his record, right? Yeah. But whatever, you know, but whatever. Yeah, it is what it yeah, is. Yeah, good, right? good, good move on him. If that's, yeah. you know, if it really helped his record, good move on him. Yeah. But so he still hasn't even announced it yet. You know, he, he, during this time, I had the trademark. I'm like, okay, so he's not going to, tell anybody but he told us but he I'm yeah sorry. Not. In, in a way he told us right mm-hmm. his lawyer in a like way that. yeah yeah he didn't really let us he didn't really tell me or call you know call you management up. company yeah or, or call the management company or nothing so i said okay it's all up to me now i got the trademark so boom i got to make the decisions and so the first thing was contact the record company and say hey look I'd like to actually improve this record and add some elements that are missing. Yeah. And Monty Connor was like, okay, I get you, but it's all good, but we can't give you any more money because we already gave you money. Yeah. Like you know? we gave you, yeah, they couldn't, we yeah. gave you a lot of money and, um, we're like, oh, fuck. I was like, okay. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so I kind of put it out there on, on the Twitter verse. I put it out there and said, Hey, look, I really want to get this record out, but it's going to cost some money to get this record out. And some kid was like, well, start a GoFundMe account. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So I linked up with a buddy of mine named Max Malby and okay. a couple other guys. And I was like, let's, let's help, let's help, help me get this set up. And so yeah. we did do it the right we way. Came right? Up with a plan. We yeah. came up with a plan. We talked to, we talked to some people. We talked to Andy Sneap. He's mm-hmm. a mixer mm-hmm. yeah. and producer. Um, He's done a lot of great records, A-list oh, yeah. mixer. You know, we talked to him and said, "Hey, man, if I if I'm able to get some funds, you know, could you uh, mix the record?" And he said, "Yeah, no problem." Cool. He says, it "Just That's let sick. me know what happens." And I reached out to Reese Fulber as well. Said, "Hey, man, if I'm able to get some funds, will you come back and play something on this record?" And he said, "Yes." And I asked also my producer guy, Damien Reynaud. Yeah. Uh, who worked on Genexus and he's worked on other records with us before. Mm-hmm. I wanted him to get him, get him back as well. Yeah. And um, I wanted to get some live drums on the record because yeah, the previous record, the previous version was, you know, programmed drums. Programmed, yeah. So, that's what I figured. Yeah. So uh, I came up with what that was going to cost and I started a GoFundMe campaign for $25,000. But when the GoFundMe came, came out, Bert fucking sabotaged it. He went out there and said, Hey, this is bullshit. This is a lot. Dino's lying. It's for whatever he said it was for, for legal fees or whatever. Yeah. 
And somebody actually called somebody, I'm sorry, somebody actually sent an email to GoFundMe campaign and tried to say that it was a, was it fraud? a fraud. Fraud, a yeah. Fraud, right? Oh my God. They didn't dude. tell us who it was. They didn't tell us who it was, but Bert was all over his social media. Him and his him and his manager were all over social media just saying that this is a scam, a scam, a scam, yeah. a scam. So kids got confused. Kids were very confused. Well, yeah, it's going to cause a lot of confusion. It caused a lot of confusion. It caused a lot of shit. Um, the last thing but, you need. <laughs> yeah, I was right? like, oh, my God. So now Bert's doing this. You know, he purposely went out of his way to really try yeah. and sabotage and basically ruin my name and, uh, you know, to all the fans. Yeah, to, yeah. You know my career yeah you know, literally my character everything he tried to fucking he went ahead of his way you know but the cool thing is regardless of all the negative shit he said we were still successful yeah right yeah you are and so when somebody reached out to gofundme campaign to say hey this is fraud please look into this blah 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 gofundme reaches out to us and say hey look What's you know some somebody said something blah 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 yeah. But we investigated and we didn't find any fraud in your case. Okay. Everything you've done is fine. Perfect. Yeah. So it got to stay there. So whatever's attempts or whoever made that attempt to take it down, fuck you. It yep. fucking worked out. You're right. Fuck you. And I don't know who it was. Could have been a fan. Could have been somebody I knew or somebody who who didn't like me. Whatever. Yeah. Could anybody. But hey, you won it. Like you won the fucking case. Yeah. You know? Well, I won the case, but are you, are you talking about the GoFundMe case? I'm yeah, sure. well, yeah, both. Because <laughs> when you say case, when you say case, I'm thinking of a legal case. Well, yeah, now, um, the name. Well, yeah, yeah, well, I've already had the name. It had, yeah. it had nothing to do, well, maybe it had a lot to do with the name, but I think um, that somebody just wanted to fucking take it down. They, somebody did not want me to succeed. Yes, There's somebody, exactly. There was somebody someone... out there. There was somebody out there who really wanted me to fail in this situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And you can probably guess, you know, people who, yeah. who it might have been. Right. Oh, yeah. And so <laughs> it, it was it, it sucked. It sucked, yeah. you know, because because a lot of uh, Burton's social media attacks on the GoFundMe campaign and myself really uh, had to answer a lot of questions to a lot of fans. Yeah. A lot of fans wanted I can imagine. They were pissed. Bert still had not announced that he left the band. So there's a lot of confusion. Oh, like, wow. why would Bird do this? Why would Bird sabotage a record that he's on? Kids, fans were saying, why would Bert sabotage a record that he's on? Yeah. Something that he's going to benefit from. Why would he want to sabotage? Yeah, exactly. Hmm. hmm. Why would he say this? Hmm. You know, it's like, so people are like questioning, hey, is Very this guy confused. still in the band? Yeah. So people were questioning, is this guy still in the band? You know, and, mm-hmm. and, and I couldn't answer the question, you know, because that's for Bert to say if he's in the band or not. Still, exactly. Well, we we already knew he wasn't. Yeah, but, but that, he needed to say it though. He needed to say yeah, it to the he fans. He needed yeah. to come out and say it. That wasn't your yeah. your place to say it. It's like he needs no, to come, not at all. He needs to come out and just be like, "Hey, I'm not in the not in the band anymore." Yeah, so it was totally unprofessional, and it was to, you know it spilled into all the social media. I'm sorry, all the metal media sites. Metal media, yeah. Everybody, everybody jumped on that subject. Yeah, it was all over the place. And then, and then uh, you know, Metal Sucks started to see that, hey, Burton lost his case, and that's why he doesn't own the trademark anymore. They put it up on all. They put all the legal documents on, 
on their site, you know, yeah. it was everywhere and people started to figure out what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. So there were still a lot more questions, <laughs> a lot more questions, you know, but I'm very, I'm you very social. Yeah. I'm very on my, on my social media. Oh yeah. I and see I'm your answer- Twitter. You're answering everybody's and questions. Out, and I'm out there doing damage control because yeah. Bert did a lot of damage. Yeah. Did a lot of damage. Right. Mm-hmm. Because he didn't give any explanations. He yes. just did a lot of damage. And <clears throat> here I was just answering every kid's question because trust me, they had a lot of things they wanted to know. And it was, it was hard because it's difficult to try to explain. Uh, oh, man. And it's so many words you could put in Twitter. Right? <laughs> on Twitter, yeah, I know. Because it's only 140 <laughs> characters. So it's, yeah, there's only so many words you could put there. Yeah, you know? so you got to kind of like slim it down. You're like, okay, hold on, let me take this out, take that out, <laughs> reword this. This thing is like a book. This thing is like a book if you want to really know how it goes. Yeah. Um, you know, and a lot of kids, a lot, I'm sorry, a lot of fans mm-hmm. were attacking me too. You know, um, yeah. especially when Bert made his announcement of when he quit. Yeah. Especially what he put in his speech, the words that he blamed everybody else. He blamed me, Raymond and Christian. Yeah. And he blamed the legal system. He said everybody wronged him. So he blamed everybody. He didn't take any responsibility for his own actions. <clears throat> yeah. You know, and it, and it still boggles my mind the way he decided to, you know, leave the band. The way yeah, he decided it's, to it's depart. pretty weird. It's weird, but you know, People yeah. do weird things and that we, you know, can't explain why, <laughs> you know, we just don't know why he did it because all the improvements that I made oh, for man. this record was going to benefit him. everyone and especially him. Yes. Yeah. Because dude, I mean, like I said, I listened to the record a good amount of times and he sounds amazing on it. I mean, over the record sounds great overall period that, it is honestly a 10 out of 10 fear factory record and uh, 100%. Yeah. 100% uh, I, 10 out of 10. And I've been seeing reviews coming in. I know. Way, getting, getting I saw the one you posted. Yeah. I was like, I saw the shit. tweet you posted. Yeah. And I was like, damn, the last time it deserves the last it. Bro. Time we got, yeah. The last time we got any kind of a 10 out of a 10 was D manufactured. Wow. That long ago. We never got a 10 out of 10 since then. So yeah, or no. a five out of five or a hundred out of a hundred. Anyway, so yeah, Burns' departure really made things even worse. Um, uh, and it still boggles my mind the way he chose to handle his departure. You know, it, it's just like, dude, well, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know why you're trying it's to weird. sabotage. Yeah, I don't. You're trying to destroy my character. I don't understand why. Like, whatever, man. You didn't have to quit. Yeah, you could have stayed in the band. No one forced you. Shared everything. We could have shared everything. Yeah, no one forced us. You know, he made he made his decision and he has to live with it now. Yeah. So Hopefully the door was open. I yeah. was willing to forget all that shit and just you know, move past it. Move past it. And yeah. the door was open for a little while, but then then he released another interview that came out in Metal Hammer really? or Loud. I think it was Metal Hammer. Yeah. And it was just another scathing interview. And I'm like, okay, that door's shut. It's Come really on. shut. Yeah. He's moved on. We've moved on. That's what it is. Um, the GoFundMe campaign was successful. Thank yeah. shout out to all the fans. Yeah, big that shout donated, out to them. Donated to that. To I was able to go back in, re-record the drums with a live drummer. Yeah, Mike Keller. Yeah, drummer, he's the man. New York. Yeah, New York guy. Right. Yeah. Uh, was able to do that. Got Damon Renault to produce that. Got Andy Sneap to mix it. Got Reese Wilber back on the record. Everything that I planned to do <clears throat> worked out perfectly, and. Here you go. 
now the, the record. Record's, the record's going to be out. You heard the first two tracks. Yeah, June 18th people it are, comes out. People are loving it. The majority of the people are loving it. Of course, you're going to get those haters. Yeah. And that's I don't okay. know what you can eat, but yeah, you're, you're always yeah, going to get yeah. the haters. I was talking to my you friend hate, Greg. Listen. And yeah. he was just, I was like, yeah, man, wait till you hear the record. He's like, dude, the new singles are so good, blah, blah, blah. He's a huge Fear Factory fan. And I'm like, I'm telling you, it's it's still Fear yeah. Factory. It's it's honestly next level Fear Factory. I mean, yeah, you're still exactly. writing exactly. fucking, you, you're still writing the sickest riffs. And uh, yeah. overall, I do. It's a great record. I, I think once so everyone So I would hit, like to give yeah. a big shout out to all the haters, everybody who doubted me, the ones that have been working against me. Yeah, you know, persevered, uh, man. that told me that this couldn't happen and it shouldn't happen and didn't want it to happen. Yeah. Thank you, because that is extra, extra motivation that I got to make sure that it fucking happened. Does it make it and push it, it did. To you, man? And it did. Yeah. And, you know, you're going to the world's going to be able to hear it on June 18th. Yeah, no, I'm really fucking stoked to hear it, or not to hear it, but to see everyone's reactions. You already, you already, you already I'm really it. loving it. <laughs> oh, I'm buying the so, record. Don't worry. So the next single, yeah, next single is going to be called Recode. Recode, which is the oh, opening. Yeah, which is the opening track in the record. It's very banger. People song. haven't heard it. It's very cinematic. It's very, it's massive. It's fucking great. Oh yeah, beautiful, huge chorus. Mm -hmm. It's just got all the elements that make a fucking. A heavy fucking fear factor song oh yeah um it's going to be part two of the rico i'm sorry the uh, disruptor video oh that's awesome so disruptor put out a video it has a concept behind it Mo yeah. i think most most people saw it <clears throat> oh yeah um uh so yeah it's going to be part two to that video that's and awesome. that's going to be really cool you're going to see what you're gonna see what happens at the end. That's cool. It's like a short. It's like a short film. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I love that. Yeah. Now you gotta. Now what thing, things that I want people to to realize what happened here. When Bert quit, mm -hmm. he really quit. He gave yeah. up everything. He. Um, it's crazy. He Still didn't have around. nothing to do with the way this record turned out. Yeah. Okay. Yes, his vocals are on it. But of we course. we we ended up go, we ended up you know Annie Sneap and Damien Raynaud ended up polishing his vocals and putting them on time and editing them making them all perfect and it oh, sounds yeah. like a fucking million bucks it's oh, great it does it does right yes yes so we did all that and you know like I said drums Andy Sneap makes it Damien Raynaud Reese Fulber we had four other keyboard players on the record damn shout out shout out to Max Caron shout out to Giuseppe Bassi. Igor Koreshkov, I can't say his name. Uh, <laughs> all, all these good. guys contributed on this record, uh, keyboard-wise, and they were amazing. I think that's one of the one of the things that made each song a little different from one another. Yeah, was that we had different keyboard players on on different songs, yep. and sometimes two keyboard players on one song. Damn. So very. Awesome. It definitely adds. It definitely adds an element. Now, um, yeah. So you know. Because I was able to get the name, because mm -hmm. I was able to move forward, and because I was, you know, because of the kids' GoFundMe campaign, is the reason why this record's coming out. Yeah. And the reason why this record is, is turned out really, really good. Great, actually, it turned out great. It turned out great, yeah. Did you always have like past Fear Factory records? Did you have other keyboardists? Was it always someone different, or how did you go about well, writing all those every parts? Every record, 
every record that I've been on, it's always been Reese Fulber. Yeah. Now, when I was out of the band, oh, I think okay. they had different keyboard players in the band at the time. Okay, understood. That's rad, though, man. It's uh, it's cool. It's cool to see it finally coming out because you know I remember it being announced then, and then all the legal troubles, and then seeing the GoFundMe, and I was like, cool. And I saw the GoFundMe reach its goal, and I was like, damn, it's 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 coming. Like this shit's. The record is actually going to come out, and then when you guys announced it, I was just like, "Fuck yes, finally, this is yeah, it." Yeah, we maybe. we even like um, I think we even made like about a fifteen hundred dollars extra on the GoFundMe campaign. We used that towards the first video, That's which right. is really cool. Yeah, to fund yeah. that. Yep. Yep. That's right. Do you see the band playing shows in the future? Or you're not sure at this moment. Of course. What yeah. You I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> you're gonna, you're, That's you're, the you're response gonna I want, it, though. You, That's the response aren't I want. You gonna book it. I, Aren't you gonna book it? Hey, hey, Dino. <laughs> no, shout out, <laughs> oh, shout out to Mike Monterulo. Oh, Mike at TKO. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah, man. TKO, Mike rules. Mike Monterulo is our fuck yeah, our our booking agent. Let's go, Mike. Book so, those shows. We need some Fear Factory, with, man. Yeah, he's been with us for a while now. I've known yeah. him for years, but he's been with working with us for a while now, and I, I'm, right. I'm glad that he's been with us. We've been with TKO for, for a, a long, right? long time. Yeah, yeah. My friend we, Jonathan we went through different. Yeah, we went through different agencies over the years, but. Yeah, we probably the longest has been TKO for sure. TKO has been the longest. That's cool. Yeah, years. years. Yeah, that's yeah. no, um, cool to have that relationship that long. Yeah, um, but um, yeah, of course we're going to be doing shows next year. The main oh, thing yeah. now is the main thing now is to announce the vocalists. Oh yeah, um, and then because uh, we already got things looking very very good for next year. Oh wow, uh, is good on to tours. Know. Yeah, on tours. Yeah. Great. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Oh, your camera turned I think, off. I, oh, I think my yeah. I it's think my good. next caller is calling, I think. Oh, is it? Okay. Well, dude, hey, you gotta get going. It's fine. I think um, I think we have an hour and a half, right? We had an hour and a half. Yeah, what time is it right now? And it's been an oh, it's hour been and an half. hour and a half. Well, Dino, dude, seriously, man, it means it means a lot uh to have you do this today with me. Big Fear Factory fan. Can't wait for the world to hear the record. Um and I can't wait to see you guys live, man, next year. Thank you, know, you, man. Let's get and, drink uh, together, man. Hey, thanks for giving me the the time to of explain course. the story. No, to, thank you for uh, doing it. Ha- have a platform. Yes. Uh, the last thing I want to say is, you know, thanks to all the people who helped uh, this record come out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Thanks to all the fans and all the, rec- the record company and everybody else and everybody else who contributed. Yep. Um, also, Big shout out. Uh, if anybody wants to go and pre-order the album obviously you could go to you know itunes or anywhere where you buy records yep. go to fearfactory.com yep. to buy cassettes vinyl cds everything merchandise and see the upcoming tour dates yes so, everyone fearfactory.com thank you, thank you, thank you, you for all the support for all these years man thanks definitely man take it easy all right man. have a good one you too bro bye bye